When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. Um, we've had a lot of questions on the so-called urban agapo or the agapo ideas that we've been playing with a lot. And I've seen a bunch of you, um, you know, share photos of your little flooded forests. And a lot of you have been, you know, playing with our substrates and just generally having a good time with the idea of flooding a piece of your own little forest. And so there were some questions, I'm going to cover three of them today, uh, that different um, readers of the tent and followers of us on our social media have brought up, and I thought it would be fun to, to mention these. So I'm just going to start writing with them, I'll read them to you, and I'll read you my, you know, give you my answer, uh, and uh, you tell me what you think if you have more questions. I love this kind of Q&A thing, and we had enough interest in this topic that it's worth doing. So the first question is from Rex. He said, hey Scott, love the Urban Agapo idea, and I've been doing a few of my own. Questions though. When, which I think about a lot. When do you know when it's time to add water? Do you add it all at one time or gradually? Thanks for all you do. Yeah, well, first of all, Rex, thanks for the kind words. That's pretty cool. So here's the deal. There's no real exact optimum time to flood your agapo or your varzea setup or whatever. I suppose if pressed, I'd tell you that a good time is when the, you know, the grass land, grasses and the terrestrial plants are growing at their strongest with a fairly dense coverage over the substrate. And when any terrestrial plants that you've put in are showing some good growth, you know, and they're past that delicate phase. If you want to mimic a natural cycle, you could do a little bit of research on actual weather patterns in your target area. Like, for example, the wet season in the Amazon runs from November to June, and it rains almost every day. So you could add a little bit of water every day starting in November and continue on right from there, right? If you wanted to go slowly and try to be, you know, exact. With grasses like uh, paspalum, the grass that we use and we include sometimes with the uh, when you buy uh, our substrates, um, I, with that stuff, I usually wait until I have a pretty dense carpet of the stuff because it tends to fare better when submerged if it's growing strongly before I add the water. I don't know why, but it's just the way it's been. So I tend to add the water over the course of a few days, like three or four days before reaching the depth that I really want. Uh, again, for whatever reason, I found that over the years that the grass tends to hang on longer under these inundated conditions when you add the water gradually. I don't know if it gives the grass a chance to you know, acclimate to being underwater or whatever. I mean, it, it, it definitely has a shelf life when it's underwater, but uh, it seems to last to hang on a little bit longer and something usually survive the inundation when I, um, and I say usually, but can often survive the inundation or at least re-sprout a little quicker when you dry it out if, if you add the water slowly. Not sure what that is. Maybe somebody out there knows. Oh, because another question we're going to answer. This is from Bridget. Hey, Scott, having fun with the Agapo thing and loving nature base. Question for you. How y'all, uh, someone's from Texas, I'll bet. How y'all filter your uh, your tanks after you flood them? Can you get along without one? Curious. Okay, Bridget, that's a good one. Um, most of my urban Agapo tanks or Farzea tanks, whatever you want to call them, tend to be smaller nano-sized little affairs. So they're like five gallons or less, five U.S. gallons or less. The options for filtration are 
to use a small hang-on power filter. You could use a sponge filter or, wait for it, you could use no filter at all. Um, think about this. Now, we have a tank filled with, you know, lots of rich soil, good good growth of, growth of grass or some marginal plant growth like acarus, one of my favorites. And it's typically in pretty good light. So it's entirely possible to manage the system without any filtration. Now, depending on the fishes that you add to the tank, it's really not usually a problem. For example, I tend to play with a lot of annual or bottom spawning killifish in my little urban agapos. And these guys are traditionally kept, bred, and reared in you know small tanks without filtration or little bowls or containers or whatever. So they're perfect for this sort of things. I know some of you play with betas, like anavantoids and other animals like that. That works too. Um, maybe a little bit warmer water, but the principle is basically the same. I've even played with small kerosens. You can do that. You just have to stock sparingly and be careful uh, and manage the tank carefully. You need to conduct regular water exchanges. You don't overstock and don't overfeed or if you're feeding at all. Now, one caveat about filters in these little smaller tanks, uh, because we tend to use the sediment and soil-based substrates, they can blow around quite a bit if you direct the filter return carelessly down. So you might want to block it with a piece of wood or something like that. Otherwise, you end up with constantly, you know, a constantly turbid display, which might be annoying to a lot of people. Not to me, but might be annoying to you. And in larger tanks, um, obviously you can use filters uh, and have less of an impact if you're not, you know, moving water towards the substrate. A lot of eventually the substrate sort of stays down. So uh, same kind of principle applies. Now here's our final question on this particular topic. This is from Ray. He said, hey, Scott, really love the whole flooded forest idea, but I'm not sure if I want to do the whole cycle thing. Is it hard? And can I run mine differently? Well, hello, Ray. <laughs> so of course you can run it differently. Uh, there's a lot of ideas to play with. Now, it's been incredibly fun for me sort of attempting to simulate some of the processes which happen seasonally in nature. I like that whole idea. I'm running a tank on sort of a 365-day dynamic. With the technology, the materials, and the information that we have now, the capability to create one of these year-round simulations has never been easier and easy for just about anybody to do. Now, that's all well and good. Um, we've kind of figured out how to do this wet and dry cycle and how it can be managed in these types of systems. We're starting to really get this thing down, and it's pretty easily replicated if you're patient. Um, we have a lot of blog posts about the topic, so we've talked about a lot of that stuff, and we have that line of substrates that I think is kind of cool too. But this is not an ad. <laughs> anyway, let's think about simulating the inundation season as the aquarium. So let's assume that you're kind of not into doing the whole start with a dry habitat and plant some grasses and gradually inundate it with water and dry it out again kind of thing. Um, which is, of course, the crux of the urban agapo idea that I've kind of come to play with. But let's say you just want to do things a bit differently. That's okay. There's lots of interesting possibilities here for you. So if you're going straight to the inundation phase and just want to go show it underwater, you can still take the approach of replicating the dry forest floor before you add water to the aquarium. You could run it dry, you know, for a short period of time, put your hardscape or whatever you want to use there and let it even saturate for a week or so, then flood it and put your fishes in and you've got a wet season agapo. Easy as that. By regularly wetting down the stuff, the materials, the, the, the botanicals, the wood and all that stuff for a few days and letting them saturate, it's kind of impossible, totally possible to go from terrestrial to aquatic in really a short period of time and getting that same cool effect and part of the function, you know, the microbial life, the biofilms, all that kind of stuff right from the start. And at the risk of sounding crassly commercial again, I'm going to recommend a sort of a bacterial inoculant to really speed up that process like our spray on, you know, PNS bacteria inoculant called Nurture. Um, you can use other bacteria supplements too, but something to really kickstart the, the nitrogen cycle 
and the biological processes in your system before it's inundated with water. I think the PNS spray is better for that because this bacteria is actually very adaptable to terrestrial soils. Um, it's kind of some neat stuff. We put a lot of thought into the strain that we were going to use when we collaborated on that. I think that this step of you know, bacterial inoculation is such a fundamental part of the botanical style aquarium approach that it's going to become less of a hack to kickstart the nitrogen cycle, um, which it will do, and more of a way to provide an initial you know, population of life forms which help assimilate some of the botanical materials and the mini organic and other compounds that are released, um, you know, tannins, humic substances, lignans, etc., and make them available to other life forms within this little evolving microcosm that you're creating. So, yeah, I get a little carried away here, but you can take some different approaches to this stuff, and it's very ground floor with lots to learn and lots to do. And I hope, you know, these little quick questions here will help you. Um, hope that yeah, you got some ideas or some, maybe it opened up some new questions to you, but feel free to shoot them to us here at tannanaquatics at gmail.com. I'll be sure to take a look at them and the best ones we'll, we'll put in a future installment of the tint. Thanks again. Have a good day and we'll talk to you real soon. I'm Scott Feldman. Appreciate your support and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the tint.